Welcome to the Midcast, presented by the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each month we will look at some of the key issues for mission in Scotland today. We'll bring you experienced voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the mission of the church in Scotland. Welcome to the Midcast. I'm Glenn Innes. Thanks for taking the time to download this episode. We are in this strange season of not only our podcast, but obviously of life in general. And we're putting this out once a week with the idea to have someone each week come along and talk about something they're learning, something they're experiencing, uh, and that uh, sharing that with us. And I'm delighted today to have the Reverend Amy Aitken with us. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. It always makes me laugh when I hear that. The Reverend part, yes. <laughs> I yeah. know. It's still weird. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's great to have you here we uh amy is the pastor of leslie baptist church in fife she wrote an article this past week uh on the baptist times and uh i I just thought it'd be great for us to have a chat about what she'd written and some of her uh insights that she brought so amy first of all how are you doing how is life in fife (laughs) well today it's okay depends what day you ask me how i answer that at the moment but uh, pandemic aside, life in Fife is good. I've been here five months now, six months. Um, so I really kind of just moved here. I'm still settling, still getting to know the church. And this has been a really fun introduction to my life as a pastor. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again for taking the time to chat us through this. So you wrote an article last week um, about thinking about what it is to experience this pandemic and uh, as a pastor, as a leader of a church. And while we've had people on talking about some of the new things we can do and some of the skills that we are learning and all of that sort of stuff, you you took a very different tack to that. And I I thought it was really helpful. So you, you talked about the challenge of being a pastor in the midst of this time. And so I wondered if you might just talk through some of the the headings and some of the ideas that you you put in the article. Okay, no problem. I mean, these are ones that came to mind for me from my experience and people um, that I've been talking to. So this won't be the same experience for everybody, but I thought it was helpful for the church to be mindful of a few things. So um, under the first heading, I've got give them time and give them space. Uh, nobody was trained for this. Nobody was prepared for this. And so we have a lot of immediate learning to do and a lot of things we need to suddenly work out that are just way out with our norms. So give people time and space to work out not only what it means uh, for them to work out how to do their job right now, uh, but also what it means for their family, for their household, because they too are going through this. Um, 100% of their congregation are going through this and as are they. So not only is their job upside down, their own life is upside down. And it just is going to take us more than a minute to work that out. So give them time, give them space was my first one. Good. Second heading was give them grace. Uh, be gracious if we don't say the right thing the first time. There's no global pandemic devotionals anywhere in our ministry handbook. And so it's going to take us a, a while to work out theologically, pastorally, personally, how we reflect on this, how we make sense of it. And because things have changed so quickly, you know, the first thing that you said the first Sunday of this pandemic, you might now think, gosh, I wish I hadn't said that because 
I didn't realize it was going to be as bad as it is or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. So some of us are, are trying to work out theologically where we are, um, all that kind of stuff. So give us grace for the words that come out of our mouth um, because we have to respond first and foremost. And it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, third he- heading was be mindful of their limits. So normally there's a, a reasonable percentage of your congregation going through a crisis at any one time. We now have 100% of our congregation going through a crisis at exactly the same time. And we've lost the normal means by which we could care for people. We maybe don't have the same pastoral team available to us to help with that. We now have the pressure of caring for 100% of the congregation on a very one-to-one basis. Um, And we're trying to do that while we work out our own situations. So, you know, some of us are going to have really hard days where we just haven't got it in us to phone somebody. Um, We have limits because we're all going through this at the same time. So be mindful of their limits. Um, Next one was provide pastoral care. People forget that pastors are people and we need pastoral care too. We have, might have spent the last two weeks, three weeks looking after everybody else, phoning everybody else, um, seeing how everybody else is. And you'd be surprised that some pastors haven't had anybody phone them and say, how are you? Yeah. I'm blessed that I have a great leadership team who would not let me go through this on my own and great friends who have you know, carried that burden with me. But there are some churches where no one would call the pastor to ask how they're doing. So give pastoral care to your pastor. I am. Um, and finally, pray for them because we still want to do the best job we can for our church. We still want to be faithful to God under the circumstances. Uh, and we need God to equip and strengthen us for all that this brings. Um, we need guidance, wisdom, boundaries, all of that. So we need prayer as much as everybody else. Those were the kind of main headings that I put under the article. That's brilliant, Amy. And I, I think those strike a chord with with me anyway, and I know from following the post on Facebook and things that that it struck a chord with a lot of church leaders that that there's mm-hmm. a lot of wisdom in there. So I guess it, for pastors that are listening, um, I, I'd want to encourage you to share this article. It'll be in the, the footnotes. Share it with your leadership team. Share it with uh, people around you. This is not a journey for us to walk on our own. Uh, is one of the main things I, t- I took away from this, that if we try to be uh, the hero who does everything, then we won't make it through this spell uh, in one piece, and we desperately want that. So, Amy, I'm just wondering, as you reflect on some of these key ideas that you've shared, are, are there particular pressures you can think of that this moment is bringing up that are that would make us vulnerable to to some of these areas. Sure, there's a couple of very practical pressures. Um, so first of all, you've got the pressure of having to work out how to do your job in a completely different way. So some churches will be fairly well set for having technical um, online services, all that kind of stuff. So it's maybe not a stretch to have to do that, but some churches have are just not equipped so you're suddenly having to learn how to use a whole bunch of technology that you're not familiar with work out how to communicate with people when you can't just lift the phone or send an email to everybody at the same time so there's all the pressures of having to learn how to communicate do your job in a way that's totally out with the norm for you so there's that side of it most of us got into this because we love people because we feel called to care for people and so for pastors to suddenly feel this 
this burden, it's not, it is a burden, but we feel the need and the desire to care for our church when we can't go and see them. So we, it's, it's in who we are to go and sit with people, to go and pray with people, to go and meet with people. And suddenly there's this kind of a loss of, oh my goodness, I want to be there for people. And somehow I'm not allowed to do that in the way that I normally would do that. So how do I do that? How do I make sure people know I care? How do I make sure I'm getting in touch and spending some kind of quality time with the people that need that? Um, and so there's a bit of a burden between what we want to do and what we can't do. Um, and finally, for some people, this might not be a burden for everyone, but it is for me. There's this disparity between if you're doing your sermons online, you're preparing them and potentially recording or broadcasting them in complete isolation. And there's this complete exposure of that online. So you prep everything, you know, maybe in your own house by yourself without speaking to anybody else. But then when you broadcast that sermon, it's on the internet for the entire world uh, to pick apart and have their comments on and all the rest of it. So there's this whole other um, vulnerability that comes with that. Some people will thrive on it. Some people love having this platform uh, and getting their messages out there. Some of us don't love that quite so much. And there's a vulnerability and a, a challenge in how we are mindful of what we preach and who we're preaching to when we have to just put it out into the void. And um, <laughs> we have no idea who's on the other side. Yeah, that, that, that's, that last part um, about the preaching is really significant. Um, I think there's you know, most of us have gone online to some degree or other over the past couple of weeks. And for that, we're grateful, you know, that there's an opportunity for us as um, as churches to still connect together in some, some way. But I think you raise an interesting point about what is that virtual community and, and to whom are we preaching now? They don't know us and they don't know our church either. So for me, there's an issue of context. Um, so just to break this down, when I'm preaching, you know, I, I get into the text, I get into the theology of the text, all the usual stuff that you do. But then I think in my congregation, I think who is in the room with me? What issues are at play? How many people are, you know, maybe suffering the trauma of abusive relationships or suffering from... Uh, food insecurity, poverty, family breakdown, all that kind of stuff. And all that plays into how I shape the message that I'm going to deliver. As long as it's still gospel, it's still truth. But the angle that you take is sensitive to the people who will be in the room. And therefore, if someone says, will you teach your church about this passage or this topic? You're going to angle that in a particular way. When you're doing that, but it's going out into the void of the internet, you suddenly think, well, everyone listening doesn't know the filters that I've put this through for the people that I'm preparing it for. And if someone had asked me to do an online message about this passage or this topic that was just to go out into the ether for the whole wide world, I would do it very differently. And so there's a there's a catch there of going, well, do I still do what my church need to hear? And I just have to accept that other people won't understand the context in which I've prepared that? Or do I now need to tailor the way I preach and what I would preach for the fact that anybody is in the room um, and that feels disingenuous to me. I don't like it. Other people will thrive on it. No, I, I, I mean, I think it's a really brilliant idea. Uh, this notion of what is our context and, and can we reasonably 
continue, depending on what technology we're using, to assume our context is our 70, 80, 100 people on a Sunday morning of whom we understand their situations or should we be preaching beyond that? That when that happens in real life, they are coming into your church for which you have prepared the sermon for your congregation. And so they would be more mindful that they've come into your context and what they're hearing is contextual to where you're preaching. And hopefully you would adapt if you know suddenly that there's 12 um, kind of unbelieving family members that have come to visit Mm. for the week. You can be more mindful and tailor, but there's this just disconnect of when you're just jumping into an online sermon from a church from the other side of the country or even across the world, yeah. you don't know their context, you don't know their congregation, so it's harder for the visitors to be mindful of that. And for the preacher, how do you prepare for the fact that you could have anybody in the room yeah. and you have no idea? That's going to be a challenge we all face um, of, of how we engage that space while at the same time um, recognising that our whether that's from the delivery and preparation and isolation to... Uh, delivering it in a a very unfamiliar space where we're trying to mark out our little corner of the internet and say, we'd love you, welcome you here, but this is our space with our particular set of assumptions and our particular Mm -hmm. cultural uh, experience. Uh, Whether that's even possible, I don't know. But I do do recognise what you're saying, that this is a, a, a stressor and a, a, a genuine challenge for pastors. So if you're not a pastor and you're listening uh, and you've got this far, first of all, well done. But uh, if you are if you are listening, take a moment to encourage your local pastor. To, to, you know, tell them they're doing a good job because I'm sure many of them will be experiencing some of the sorts of things that Amy has just been talking about, uh, particularly in that area of, of what is it for us to preach in this whole new environment and space it may not occur to people who don't preach that we now have to wrestle through that thought process and I might come out of this you know in three weeks time and say yes scrap it we're just going to do like the gospel for everyone and and reach as many people as we can with this opportunity that we have I might come out of this thought process on that side of it Um, but it's good for people to be mindful that pastors now have to think through that if they weren't before and that's there is a vulnerability in people who deliberately keep their sermons off the internet, as I do. Yeah, that's good. I mean, the other thing that you touched on briefly there was about the fact that we speak to our local congregations. And um, there's this question of, or the temptation in speaking is just to go to that, the gospel for everyone thing. So we're going to make sure that any visitor is, is uh, hears it. But there's also... You know, the calling to be a pastor, as you mentioned earlier, is the calling to love people and to be with them. And so we want to speak into that space. And so we're just wondering if you thought much about this whole area of lament and um, uh, just wrestling with our current cultural moment. Sure. It's it's hard because, you know, we have, so I still have my elders meetings on a Friday by Zoom. And I came to one of them last week or the week before, and I sat down and I thought, at this meeting, is it my job to keep everybody's spirits up? Is it my job to come to this meeting with the hope that keeps everybody going? Is that my job when we do our services online? Is my job to find the positives, the opportunity, the hope, and all those things? Or is my job to actually 
model what it looks like to grieve and to lament and to do that well in a way that is still coherent with having a faith in God's sovereignty. Um, and I'm still wrestling that out. But N.T. Wright's article was quite freeing and quite permission giving in that he says, yeah, we don't have to find meaning in all of this because it is just hard. And we have to allow ourselves to lament for the brokenness, for the pain, for the sadness without skipping through that process and get into the, the gold that we hope we will mine out the other side of it. And um, I think because there's days where I find it so, so hard, it feels disingenuous to me to then come to the church and say, hey, here's all the great opportunities, all the wonderful positives that we can spin out of this. When I spent two days on the couch just feeling like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I think actually part of our job is to to model how we wrestle through that with lament and with faith. That's excellent. I, I wonder if there's anything that you can think of that would help us to model what it is to live well in the midst of this time. I think pastors notoriously are not good at self-care because the job does not come yep. with easy boundaries. Um but we, we still need our kind of work-life boundaries for our mental health apart from anything. So my Sabbath is usually on a Monday and that's the day where I delete my social media apps, don't check my emails, the church know not to call me. And last Sunday, I did think to myself, what is the point? What is the point in taking a day off to sit around the house for another 12 hours and not go anywhere? I will say I took it off. I gave myself permission to not think about anyone from the church, to not read the news, to not um, be burdened by it mentally, if, if that makes sense. I was able to kind of just switch that off. And the last two weeks that I've done that on my Monday, I felt better than any other day of the week. And so I think it's important for us to, to keep it going as a practice of self-care and because our biblical principles behind why we have sabbath still apply even in the middle of a pandemic so there's there's elements of keeping those boundaries because we need them more now than ever because the lines between when we're working and when we're not are really blurred right now and so we need to carve out that time for our own strength otherwise we're pouring from an empty cup that's that's really helpful amy and and i think I'm sure that'll be helpful for many people to hear. We'll put a link to your article uh, and to the one that you referenced, the Tom Wright article. Amy, thanks so much for doing this. I wonder if just to close, would you pray for pastors? I can do that. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. We thank you for your sovereignty over us and over our world. And Lord, as we pray we bring to you the things that are hard, the things that are breaking our hearts, the things that we see that remind us of how broken this world is. And Lord, there are no easy fixes to that. There are no easy ways for us to reconcile the suffering that's happening in our world. And yet, Lord, we recognize that as leaders, we have a responsibility to lead your church and perhaps the community and, and the wider world through this in a way that points to you. And so, Father, I want to pray today for our pastors. I pray that you give them the freedom and the wisdom to model lament and to model grief and to be honest and transparent about the human experience that this brings. And yet, Father, as we look towards Easter, I pray that you would give us the ability to 
to still grieve and have hope. Lord, help us to pray those prayers that say, and yet your mercies are new every morning. So we pray for pastors. We pray your protection over them. Uh, I pray that you would help them to instill good boundaries that keep their work life and their personal life uh, in some kind of order. Lord, I pray that you'd make churches mindful of the pressures that they are under. Uh, And Lord, I pray that you'd protect them from the work of the enemy who always seeks to get us when we are down and when we're struggling and when we're tired. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'd protect and bless them. Father, we give all this to you. We know that you are sovereign uh, and we know that you will do something to help us in our time of pain. And so, Lord, we ask that you be with us and you bless us. In your name. Amen. Amen. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been great to have you on. Have a great week. Thank you very much. You too. And thanks for listening to the Midcast. If you've enjoyed this, and if you've got this far, I'm going to assume that you at least were able to endure it, then please do subscribe to the podcast. You'll be able to do that on whatever platform you use to listen to us on. If you've got ideas for topics or guests that you think we could have on in this strange and um, unique time, then we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at BUS Midcast or through the Baptist Union of Scotland website, which is scottishbaptist.com forward slash Midcast. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. I'm Glenn Innes. This has been the Midcast. We are out. You've been listening to the Midcast, a presentation of the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland.